0: So, Caitlin, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, Hold on, the engineer, Robert. You guys, you guys are there? Yeah, I hear you. All right, okay, okay. Let's do it. Ready? From New York City, I'm Alex Bloomberg.
1: From Jakarta, Indonesia, I'm Robert Smith.
2: And I'm Jess Jang.
3: From Chittagong, Bangladesh, I'm Caitlin Kenny. And I'm Zoe Chase. And from Washington D.C., I'm Pietro Rivoli.
0: Hello, and welcome to Planet Money. This was, um, I know it sounds really smooth at the top, but this was not actually easy to achieve. All of us on the phone, right?
1: No. <laughs> Nothing's no. Nothing's been, easy. Nothing's easy. this part of the
0: world. <laughs> I've been counting. It's been a half an hour of wrangling to get everybody on the phone. So let's just set up what we're doing here today. Today we have a very special episode of Planet Money. We have reporters literally all over the world tracking the progress of our T-shirt as we make it. And in case there are people out there who have no idea what I'm talking about right now, uh, we're doing this big project. Long-time listeners know for several years we have been making our own T-shirt And we're going to track the progress of our T-shirt as it gets made. Where is the cotton grown? Where is the cotton spun into yarn? Where is the yarn knitted into fabric and then cut and sewn into T-shirts? We're following the whole thing, reporting on every step of the journey. And we are actually doing it right now. As you're hearing, it is a process that's taking us all over the world to Indonesia, to Bangladesh. Pretty soon, we're going to have reporters in Columbia and Miami. And there's actually one other thing that's making this show special today. We have a special guest host in Washington, D.C., Pietra Rivoli. She is the author of the book that inspired this entire project. It's called The Travels of a T-Shirt in the Global Economy. Pietra, it's great to have you here. Great to be here, Alex. So basically, we're just doing a check-in right now. And um, Robert and Jess, why don't you guys start? How long have you been uh, in country, as they say?
1: Well, we've been here a few days now, and and, and I guess we're the first ones to actually see uh, 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 at least the facility where part of our T-shirt was made. Um, Just yesterday? Was it yesterday, Jeff? It's it's
2: been a long time, but I guess it's just yesterday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So and basically, one of the questions that we're sort of trying to investigate with this whole series is, why is making a T-shirt such a, a global endeavor with things happening so far apart in different parts of the globe. Right, Pietra? You were, you were talking about, like, let's just give people a quick thumbnail sketch of the road our shirt will travel. It starts, it looks like somewhere in the Mississippi Delta, but we weren't exactly sure where. And then, Pietra, where does it go again?
3: The cotton goes to a couple different places. One, it goes to Indonesia for one shirt, and it goes to Colombia for the other
0: shirt, which is a whole story in of itself. Why the men's shirt goes one place and the women's shirt goes another place. But and this podcast we've we'll been focusing mainly on the on the men's t shirt.
3: Okay. Yeah. And then of course the cotton then just takes one step in the transformation and becomes yarn in Indonesia, and then it takes the rest of the steps in Bangladesh.
0: So Robert and Jess, you guys saw the actual place where this transformation happens—the factory where the cotton is spun into yarn. So I'm imagining, you know, a small house. A guy with, like, a little spinning wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No, that's I'm joking not,
2: not what it was. Yeah. This was a compound that it actually produces its own electricity. It has its own power-generating plant.
1: Wow. And I've been to a lot of factories, and this was one of the cleanest, most high-tech, efficient things I have ever seen. It was... So immaculate. And this is a messy process. You know, making yarn from cotton is something where there's all sorts of trash, and a lot of places have their fibers floating in the air. This had robotic vacuum arms that moved up and down and back and forth, sucking any sort of thing that would fall out, anything that would contaminate the yarn. And the most amazing thing, this was much larger than a football field, this factory. And in this whole process, there are no human hands. That touch the yarn. It is one piece of machinery, robots after another, taking it from the raw cotton into final yarn that gets shipped to Bangladesh for our t shirt.
0: And and Jess, one of the things that you were we were hoping to get from this visit is there's a little bit of a mystery, sort of we know where our cotton is going to be spun into yarn for our actual T shirts, the factory that you visited. We know where the yarn will then go and get turned into fabric and where that fabric will be cut and sewn into T-shirts. We know all that exactly. We were, we are going to see that process. The thing that we weren't quite sure of is where our actual cotton comes from, right?
2: Yeah, and we had asked the factory here in Indonesia a couple of times over the phone and – They were a little confused by our question, and it wasn't until we got to the factory that we really understood why, and it's because they have a whole warehouse just for the cotton. It's two stories high, and it's filled with cotton from all different places. It's filled with cotton from Brazil, from Greece, and then there's also a lot of cotton from America. There's cotton from Tennessee. There's cotton from Arkansas. And some of this cotton kind of gets mixed together when they make their yarn. And so it's hard to say specifically that it's from one single place.
0: So it's a little bit like going to your local gas station and saying, hey, say, sir, where does this oil come from?
2: Exactly. But they did give us a number of farms. So we're we're hoping to trace it back even further than the yarn factory.
0: I have one more question, I think, for you guys, and then we'll move to Bangladesh. And the question is this, basically. So spinning is one of the oldest technologies out there. You Literally, you can do it with your hands. You can take a piece of cotton and spin it into yarn with your index finger and your thumb. What's all the technology about?
1: Speed. Speed and consistency. Um, Jess, do you remember the
2: number? Yeah, I think we sat down and actually calculated it out, and it was kind of astounding. In one day, a single day, they produce enough yarn to wrap around the globe
1: 24 times. <laughs> you have to have a very big home and very fast fingers to do that sort of thing.
0: Wait, that is one of the most astounding statistics I've ever heard. One day, one factory produces enough yarn to wrap around the entire globe 24 times?
2: It was really, it was astounding.
0: Wow.
1: And we should say that they're working in such a cheap product it's yarn that goes into another cheap product, into a t-shirt. But they said, because it's such a cheap product, because it's a commodity, it has to be perfect. Each one has to be exactly like the last one. If you're, if you're spinning yarn, if you're sending it to a, a factory, the yarn has to be precisely the same thickness, it's precisely the same tensile strength All these things have to be perfect. And so because of that, the thing that they kept saying over and over again is consistency, consistency. We need to 24 hours a day put out the exact same yarn. It's funny because it's the same product. Raw cotton comes into Indonesia and 100% pure cotton leaves Indonesia. They basically just take that cotton and transform it, make it look different, look and act different. Their entire facility there, all $30 million worth of machines, all of that just turns the cotton into a different kind of cotton.
0: So the cotton comes in as cotton. It gets spun. It goes out as yarn. And from there, it goes to where you guys are, Caitlin and Zoe, to Bangladesh. So first of all, how long have you guys been there?
2: So we have been here for less than 12 hours. It's 8.41 here right now, and we got in at 10 a.m. this morning.
0: Wow.
3: So
2: we're feeling a little jet-lagged over here. <laughs> right,
3: so you're
0: ready to party.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> you have and, not been to the factory yet where where our shirts will get cut and where no, our shirts we will have, get made.
2: Yeah, we haven't yet, but one of the things that's been super remarkable to us is just – Every person that we've talked to, even in preparing for this trip, and now that we're here, has some connection to the garment industry. Like, it's kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. Actually, when we were in Dubai, we were in the airport lounge, and we started talking to this kid who was about 14 years old. Um, His name was Arman And we sort of found out he was Bengali and said, you know, what does your dad do? And he said, you know, my dad's in garments. So we ended up having this really great talk with his dad about the industry.
0: So you hear about, like, industry towns, like, you know, New York is like a media town and L.A. is, a, you know, an entertainment town. Bangladesh is sort of like a, an industry country. Pietra, there, there's actual data about that, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's actually just completely consistent with what we know about their, their trade patterns. I mean, 80 percent of Bangladesh's exports are, are apparel 80% of their manufacturing exports. So everybody's in it. And if they're not in it, they they know somebody who's in it.
0: And 80% of a country's exports being one thing, how common is that in, in developing countries?
3: You know, I think Bangladesh is pretty extreme on this spectrum to see that kind of concentration. Um, the other thing that's remarkable about Bangladesh is that that number's kind of stuck up there for a while. We really haven't seen the kind of diversification away from that that, you know, maybe we'd like or or they'd like. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Zoe. Um, hi. <laughs>
0: hey, Victor, I miss you. You've
3: very much on my mind.
0: Zoe, is Pietra on your mind because everything that she's told you is actually coming true before your eyes? Or wrong. Um... <laughs> or is it the opposite? Everything that we thought we knew about the t-shirt industry turns out to be wrong? Is the whole book
3: wrong, Zoe? <laughs> <laughs> it better be right because that's like my guidebook to everything I'm looking at. Good. Well, um, I'm just really no, glad you totally stole right. my book. I mean, as soon
2: as we got here... <laughs> Our fixer was like, oh, yeah, this is just um, – this is basically like this entire country is just a tailor shop. That's what it is. So yeah. if yeah. that's what you want to see, like you're in the right place.
0: And that's sort of the key thing that we're trying to investigate is sort of what does the the fact that Bangladesh is the tailor shop to the world, what does that mean for its future? What does that mean for the future of its citizens? And if you want to move beyond being the tailor shop to the world, can you do that as other countries have done? Um, yeah, yeah.
2: And how do people feel about it?
0: So, Pietra, Caitlin, and Zoe are going to be heading out to the factory. Uh, they're going to be talking to workers. They're going to be talking to all sorts of different people in uh, Bangladesh in the next couple of weeks. If we want to try to figure out, like, is Bangladesh stuck or is it moving, inching slowly forward? What kinds of answers would you be expecting to hear from people to indicate one direction or another
3: well if you think of where think of where bangladesh is in this t-shirt story you know it's in this cut and sew phase so there are backward linkages from there back to yarn and fiber and there are forward linkages from there you know to the retail complex to the department stores in in new york and, you know, in order to not be stuck, you either have to expand the backward linkages or the forward linkages. And I think the, the interesting question is, you know, what are people thinking about that? You know, what kind of prospects are there for capturing value, moving in, in either direction?
0: You mean these cut and sew factories that we're going to be visiting, why aren't they doing their own spinning? Or exactly. why aren't they doing their own retailing going forward? Exactly. So for the managers of these factories, what kinds of questions would you want to ask to figure this stuff out and what sort of answers would you be looking for? Like what's a very optimistic answer from a manager that you would expect and what's a sort of like a, oh, no, it's it's not moving forward type of answer from a manager?
3: Well, I guess that really what these things depend upon is the skills base Mm -hmm. of the management structure as well as the labor force. Bangladesh has very, very high rates of, of female illiteracy, for example. So I think an optimistic answer would have to do with building the capabilities of the labor force, you know, starting with really basic things like education. And an optimist, I think, would, would have to believe that that's going to
0: happen. Uh huh. And then what, what kinds of answers would you expect from the actual workers themselves? Like, What kinds of things would you look for the workers to be saying that would give you some indication that maybe things are moving in the right direction?
3: I think the main thing that you look for from the workers are, you know, what do they hope and what do they expect for their children? Most of the workers who are at these sewing machines, they themselves are, you know, not planning to make a leap uh, to being an actor or a lawyer or a a professor or an auto worker. Uh, but they do have expectations and hopes for their children. And I think that's the, that's the key question to ask.
0: So, guys in Bangladesh? Yes. Yeah. We're going to check back in with you guys in about a week, right? And we can check back in with Petra and see what those answers are and discuss that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. We will have more from Bangladesh and from Caitlin and Zoe in our next show. For now, let's wrap this up. You guys all ready? Do it. All right. Here we go. As always, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter. You can follow all of these guys who are in the field on our Tumblr, which we've set up special for this project. They're posting lots of pictures and dispatches. The Tumblr is seedtoshirt.tumblr.com. shirt, Seedtoshirt, all one word, .tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R, leave out the E, .com. I'm Alex Bloomberg.
2: I'm Jess Jang. I'm Robert Smith. I'm Zoe Chase. I'm Caitlin Kenny.
3: I'm Pietra Rivoli. Thanks for listening.